Hello and welcome to this week's Rennick Centre podcast. My name is Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Megan Prichter to the, to the discussion today. Megan, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself for the audience? Sure. Um, hi Trudy and thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, so I'm Megan Prichter, I'm an academic lawyer at Melbourne Uni and um, I'm also a, a parent of a um, six-year-old who was born with cataracts in both eyes and I'm the founding director of Cataract Kids Australia. Great. And we're so interested in this topic and I think we just probably need to understand the differences between cataracts in babies and children and the cataracts we most often hear about, which is age-related cataracts. Can you explain the difference for us, please? Sure. And I think um, in that difference lies a lot of the struggle of, of parents of kids with cataract, because um, everyone in the community would know someone who's been affected, an older person who's been affected by cataract. They might have an aunt or a parent or themselves been affected by age-related cataract, which is a clouding of the lens in the eye as a person gets older. And it's extremely common. It's also pretty easy to treat. So usually um, a person would go and have the cataract affected lens removed in a same day procedure that have a plastic lens implanted in their eye. And after a, a bit of recovery time, their um, vision is fantastic again. In babies and children, it's quite a different story. It's really, um, it's really an entirely different condition in many ways. So babies can be born with cataract in one or both eyes, or cataracts can develop over um, the first uh, months or years of life. So that can happen just because of genetics or because of we don't know why in some cases, or because of an injury to the eye. Um, and because the child's eye is so little, they can't have a lens replacement straight away like an older person can. And so once the cataract is removed, if, it, if it's affecting vision so much that it has to be removed, then their vision is usually corrected with um, glasses, very thick glasses or with contact lenses. And we can talk a little bit more about managing that process as the child grows. But as you can guess, it's not an easy, an easy thing. The other thing in, um, that distinguishes a condition in children is that um, if the cataract is not picked up straight away, if, the, if a child's born with it and it's not picked up, then that um, blockage of their vision means that the eye um, is at risk of never regaining sight, even if the cataract is discovered later and removed because the brain um, pathway to the eye hasn't developed. And so that leads to something called deprivation amblyopia. So the vision can be affected forever, um, even if that cataract is later discovered and removed because it has been blocking vision in those crucial early months of visual development. Sure. And because we know that development happens, you know, all the important um, synapses and, and development occur when, when kids are little. It must be really hard for families when um, a child with a cataract, because they're not sick. And so I imagine they could, if they're born with a cataract, that's all they know. And so they may appear as though their vision is quite normal because of the adjustments the child's making to navigate their world. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, so sometimes a family will be quite shocked to discover that the child has a cataract um, because there didn't seem to be anything wrong. Um, 
And as you say, even if they did discover it early and it was removed um, and their vision is being corrected with glasses or lenses, the, the child may navigate their world quite well. Their vision may actually be pretty good. Um, in some kids, it can be excellent. Um, and so, um, as you say, the child doesn't seem sick and the parents might really struggle. You know, in, in my experience in Cataract Kids Australia, some parents really struggle with this sort of feeling that, well, why am I finding this so hard when my child is ostensibly fine? But um, cataracting children brings a very heavy burden of care for parents and caregivers. Um, dealing with contact lens management in particular in a baby and young child is really, really hard work. So depending on the type of contact lenses that the baby has, that they may need to be inserted every morning and removed every evening. Um, you know, that's hard enough in a baby, in a toddler, it becomes... Oh, I can't even impossible. imagine the negotiations that must go on with that. There's a lot of bribery. There's, there's unfortunately, um, quite often a lot of holding the child down to put the cataract, the lens in and the contact lens in and out. Um, and, and that can take a real toll because um, parents know that they're, you know, they're doing this for the, it's the best thing to improve their child's vision. But, um, but it can also sort of damage that relationship with their child um, because they have to do this twice a day. Um, many kids with cataract, especially if they have it only in one eye, will then have to patch that um, the good eye for many hours a day, every day for years and years, up to sort of seven, eight, nine years of age. And trying to keep a, a, a patch on a child's also really hard work. It's really expensive. There's a lot of follow-up appointments as well. So um, in the first few um, weeks and months after cataract lens surgery, it might be, you know, you might be back to the hospital and the optometrist every week or every few days in some cases. And then alongside all of that, there's a risk of other things going wrong. Unfortunately, there's a very high risk of glaucoma secondary to um, cataract removal in children. And that, that risk persists um, over a long period of time. It doesn't subside soon after the surgery. And so a lot of kids have to have treatment for glaucoma as well. Um, and, and there's just a lot of worry about you know, how this is going to affect um, my child's visual outcomes over time. Are they going to be able to drive? Are they going to be able to, you know, navigate the world? Um, and also, you know, the, 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 the um, condition might be really complex. If you've got cataracts and glaucoma or, or other things going on, it's really hard to always know that you're doing the very best for your child and, and what even that best might be. So, so in summary, that was a very long answer to your no, question. No, but, but thank you for outlining all of that. Yeah, but I think it is true that, you know, it's, it's not just, oh, well, they've got cataract, but it'll be treated and it's fine. And, and that's, again, coming back to that issue about um, what people in the community know about cataract as an older person's condition that's pretty easily solved. So parents can feel really isolated in that journey as well. I can imagine. So... Megan, how do we know what it looks like? What, what sort of symptoms or signs should families be looking for? So very often um, the parents are actually the first person to pick up on the, the problem and often they might notice a, just a cloudiness or a white spot in their child's pupil. 
they might see this looking at the child directly and you know parents spend a lot of time staring at their baby's beautiful eyes and so that's why we think they're um, you know the first often to pick up a problem so if you see a cloudiness or a white spot on your child's pupil either face to face or in a photograph um, that's a warning sign that needs to be um, looked into very urgently Crossed eyes or turned eyes or wandering eyes after the first few months of age, um, even if it only happens now and again, is also a sign that something's going on and that needs to be investigated. Um, sometimes um, parents, once a diagnosis has happened, will go back through all the photos on their phone and be able to pick up that actually something looked a bit odd in the photos. And so, um, you know, it might just be worth flipping back through your phone. There is also actually an app that's being developed out of the US um, called the Cradle app that will actually uh, use AI technology to go through all the photos on a person's phone and to look for problems with the eye. Oh my gosh, so, really slightly invasive, but very useful. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but but really most commonly it's, it's something that happens kind of organically. Um, I'd also say that if, you know, if um, a grandparent or a cousin or another family member says, oh, something seems a bit odd about little Jimmy's eyes, that parents shouldn't be defensive about that. They should, you know, take that as an opportunity to get it looked into because um, we do sometimes hear about, oh, I've noticed that my friend's daughter's um, eyes are a bit weird, but I'm not sure if I should say anything, say something. It's worth getting it checked out. It's extraordinary how often you hear that it was the grandma who had the time to stare lovingly with yeah. no, no other distractions into the exactly. eyes or, you know, response to sound, all of those things. Trust your grandparents. They often yep. have the time to notice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, you know, we, we, we pay so much attention to children in terms of screening, things like newborn hearing screening and all of those sort of things. Is there a systemic plan or is there a system in place to, to diagnose cataracts in young children? So this is a bit of a problem that Cataract Kids Australia has been really working quite hard on in the last 12 months or so, because we hear um, time and again, unfortunately, of cataracts in babies being missed and picked up later and often um, too late to achieve really excellent visual outcomes because, as I say, that brain, that neural pathway has been um, deprived of, um, you know, Yep, so it hasn't developed properly. That's right, it hasn't developed properly. So um, uh, babies should have and generally do have red reflex testing um, in the first couple of days after um, they're born, but this isn't always done by a person who has expertise or proper training in doing that <laughs> test. And, um, you know, if the child's asleep or there might be other factors that mean that that test is not done well or it's missed altogether. Um, and then, you know, this varies a lot by state. Um, there are different systems in place across Australia. But uh, again, there are supposed to be early childhood checks by maternal and child health nurses and so on. But once again, the training um, and the expertise often isn't there. And so um, things, things do get missed, unfortunately. How do we fix this? <laughs> this sounds like this, this is, to, to not have a national systemic approach is appalling. 
It is really, it is really problematic. And obviously, it's not just about cataract. Um, there are much more serious conditions and, and much more straightforward conditions that could be picked up and treated um, when the child's very young. I think we're trying to get to the bottom of what the actual problem is. And there's a really great project that's um, being piloted at the Royal Children's Hospital Ophthalmology Department here in Melbourne to audit all of the records of kids that come in with cataract to see what their diagnostic pathway has been. You know, how old were they when the cataract was picked up? Was there an opportunity that it could have been picked up sooner? Because until we really know exactly where the problem's happening, it's hard to know exactly how to fix it. But I think um, probably some combination of better information for parents so they are aware of how the child's sight ought to be developing and they can flag with their doctor if there's a problem, um, better training for health professionals. And, you know, we're really trying to improve awareness around this problem as well. And it, it sounds like parents really need to be advocates for their kids, both parents whose children do have cataracts and your support families as well. Yeah, that's right. So um, parents um, who of kids who have cataracts sometimes find that they do need to really fight quite hard for that child's vision in different ways. Um, unfortunately, you know, and this happens across the healthcare sector, not just in, in childhood cataract, not every doctor is an expert in every condition, <clears throat> excuse me, not every doctor is an expert in every condition. And so um, sometimes um, care is not as good as it ought to be. And uh, we really encourage parents to have the confidence to ask a lot of questions of their healthcare professionals. And they may need to ask them again and again and again until they really have a clear sense of what's happening with their child. Um, and we also, encourage parents to get a second opinion if, if they're really having um, problems or concerns um, and um, to, to be a, a really strong advocate for their child. We also, as you know, want to spread the word a little bit in the community about childhood cataract and the impact of that on families. And so we, we also encourage families to, to talk to their family members about, well, actually, no, this condition isn't just like um, great aunt Amy's cataracts. It's quite different and it means a whole lot of different things for our family. And, and these are the ways that you could support us. Yeah. So imagine that Cataract Kids Australia has a really important role in this advocacy. Yeah, well, I think so. I like to think so. Um, we were set up um, three, just over three years ago now um, in response to this uh, growing awareness that a lot of parents did feel really isolated, that um, care or uh, screening and treatment varies um, in ways that seemed a bit strange to me and um, and that we didn't really have a good sense of whether any research was happening in this field um, and, and what that research might be and how parents could access that information. And so we're really set up to try and bring together those three elements of support for parents, um, bringing the clinicians involved in this field together and to advocate for new research care um, in this area hasn't really changed in 20 or 30 years. And in fact, we do have some parents who've got cataracts themselves because it can be a genetic condition who, who would say, well, actually, 
my child, my new baby's treatment is exactly what I had 30 or 30 or more years ago. And so that's kind of depressing, you know. That's really um, depressing. Yeah. And so, you know, there are some interesting initiatives going on both in Australia and overseas in terms of stem cell treatments as a possible future treatment for cataract. Um, we're really interested in, you know, exploring that area. But I suppose it's also important to balance um, um, not wanting to deprive parents of hope that new treatments might emerge that might really transform, be transformative for their child's condition with um, pragmatism, because, you know, there are also a lot of snake oil salesmen out there, unfortunately, online who, who prey on cataract families and, um, and who say, I'll just use these drops or just do this and, and the cataracts will magically disappear. So we try and be a really strong voice for um, truth-telling, I suppose, in this area and re a reliable source of information for families and for the wider community. Yeah, and that sounds incredibly important. We're going to put a link to your website on the show notes so that other Fantastic. people can access as well. But other than the website, um, should people contact you through the, the contact information on the yeah, site? They're very welcome to contact me. My phone number and our email address is on the site. We also have a Facebook page. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and for parents who, um, who have a child with this condition, there are a number of fantastic Facebook support groups available. Um, the Australian one is called Parents of Children with Cataracts in Australia. Um, there's a New Zealand group. There are large international groups. One's called Aphakic Kids. One's called Children with Congenital Cataracts. And these uh, online Facebook groups are, are not run by Cataract Kids Australia, but they are really fantastic sources of peer support and information and advice for families. Brilliant. I think, um, as you say, we, we, people don't know until they've, they've discovered the diagnosis and it's really important. That, and, and as usual, as all the advice we always provide, if you don't think something's right, follow it up. Don't just yeah, wait for absolutely. a GP or someone to notice in a couple of years' time. It's so important yeah, in those early years. And it is critical that if you see, if you think something could be wrong with your child's vision, that you get that seen to straight away because the implications of just leaving it and waiting and seeing can be really um really problematic yeah absolutely look megan thank you so much hopefully people share this this podcast and and get the information out there one more thing to be looking for with our baby so we yeah, really appreciate absolutely. your time today we thank will you. make the links available for everyone to access and we hope that it can raise the message a little more terrific well thank you very much again trudy that's fantastic thank you thanks for being with us everyone and we will see you next week